We're going to have to talk about Bart Blatstein for four more episodes, aren't we? Probably more than that, because technically he still owns a bunch of stuff in Atlantic City, unfortunately. Damn it. Howdy, it's Wednesday, January 8th, 2020, and this is episode 116 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Askett, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Well, it's good that it was a snappier intro. You cut out a lot of ands, because it's 2020, not 2020, and 116 instead of 116. So I, th- I, th- I like that you're adapting to the new world we live in. It's the only way I can keep keep this up, man. I don't think I have the stamina otherwise to keep doing the podcast. <laughs> Good thing. Good thing you figured that out. <laughs> what should we talk about? I don't know. 2016, our first thing to look at, look back at? Yeah, I, su- I suppose so. Uh, yeah, so if you want to know more about 2016, go listen to episodes like three through probably like 30. Yeah, we did a lot of episodes that year. Yeah, we, we, we used to really pump them out in a way that we don't anymore. But we say that it's like five days since our last episode or something. That's true. We recorded six nights ago. Look at us. This is like 2016 pace that we're on right now. Yeah, so it's only appropriate that we're looking back at 2016. It is January the 8th, and this is our second episode of the year. What are the odds? Anyway, Bart Blatstein's purchase of the showboat went through in January, and it certainly was everything we hoped it would be, right? I like how the first thing that we talk about of every year in the 2000s has been a sarcastic approval of the project (laughs) that has actually been quite obviously bad. Yeah, but that's all right, because, you know, once Bart's box of slots opens, it's going to be awesome. So I was, my room looked at the showboat, the taller tower, I don't know which tower that is, like they didn't even bother to turn on the sign Mm -hmm. that said showboat, and it was just making me angry. Bart Blatt's scene has not come through for you? No, not at all. Uh, the other thing, also not coming through for us, the Trump Taj Mahal closed on October 10th, 2016. But not the Hard Rock that stayed open. I wonder why. The You mean the Hard Rock Cafe <laughs> stayed open. Perhaps, Craig, what we're going to see is a Rainforest Cafe is going to reopen <laughs> the, the Trump Plaza. <laughs> Maybe this is the sign and we've missed it until now. Oh my goodness, Rainforest Cafe Casino, I want this to happen. <laughs> It's just like animatronic lions and monkeys everywhere. You know I'm so in for you animatronics. Would, there, would, there would never be a casino you'd be more into than that. Just completely themed out, animatronics everywhere. Oh, man. Now I really want it. Now that you've mentioned it, I need it. I feel like it, it reminds me a little bit of MGM Grand, but that's only because of their Rainforest Cafe that isn't quite as cordoned off as it was in the Trump Plaza. <laughs> no, no. There you walk right by and see many of the animatronics at it, the MGM You do. Grand. Yeah. I feel like it's more in your face that it's there than that the Trump Plaza. Yeah. (laughs) We can only hope. Yeah. I don't have any segue for the state takeover from the Rainforest Cafe. If you're really interested in the state takeover, listen to our early episodes. We talked about it an awful lot. So, so much. And not just like, it was really from April when it was pretty clear that the state wasn't going to be able to keep paying its employees. Yeah, the, for the entire year. The yeah. city, yeah. And and had to actually shut down for a few days. Originally announced just three weeks, and I think it got <laughs> significantly shortened. And then it was just a, what, seven-month battle of back and forth about, you know, can the city sort this stuff out themselves? What is the state going to do? And it's pretty clear the state was going to co- 
take over and the city kept trying to say, no, we've got this. And they submitted some proposal and the state was like, that's crap. And so they finally did take over the city in November. So that was 2016 and also like 75% of our 2016 content. We were very, very earnest about covering the news back then. And we thought what our people want is a blow by blow of Atlantic City politics. This was a very serious podcast. And I know if you listened to last episode, you sensed that seriousness. But uh, no, that's the way we used to be. A weird time for us, I think. I mean, I mean, it was a weird time for Atlantic City. It was a strange time. And just everything was crap. Yeah. So speaking of everything being crap, everyone was concerned. The rumors were abound. North Jersey casinos were going to get legalized. Two to three more casinos were going to close down in Atlantic City. But I guess luckily for us and our podcasting ventures, that did not end up happening. Voters overwhelmingly rejected North Jersey casinos. And Atlantic City still exists today, which surely it would not otherwise. That is what everyone was claiming. <laughs> be yeah. removed from the map. It would have been eaten by the ocean already. <laughs> that might still happen. I think if you read certain uh, scientific reports, Papers. they're yeah. saying that, you know, in the next hundred years, Atlantic City will just be underwater. The sea they're probably will reclaim Atlantic City. Also saying that in the next hundred years, North Jersey casinos are probably going to happen. So That's true. So if, if, you know, if the sea does take over Atlantic City, I feel like that's sort of what the new SpongeBob movie is, right? Yeah. Underwater, lost city of Atlantic City. I'm going to see if I can mention the SpongeBob movie every episode from now on. Not just until it comes out, but forever. So what about 1916? We did a lot of research, and I was actually, we were both looking at this right before the episode. You did not do your usual, you know, couple days before, because it's unexpected that we we're recording tonight. But uh, the... Bacharach Giants, a Negro League team, started in Atlantic City. I think they ran from 1916. I, you say 23 years. I thought it was 1929 that it Oh, yeah, only but... 13 years. I can't do math. Oh, okay. So it lasted 13 years, first in the Eastern Colored League and then the American Negro League. And it won the Eastern Colored League in 26 and 27, but lost the Negro League World Series both years to the Chicago American Giants, which I had no idea that this existed, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I also had no idea, so I just, you know, Googled 1916 Atlantic City and saw this thing, the Bacharach Giants, and I was like, that's something I've never heard of. Mm -hmm. And very interesting. So again, you know, another sort of shortish-lived Atlantic City sports team, but maybe a little more interesting than some of the others that only lasted a couple of years, some of the, you know, hockey teams and stuff that didn't make it very far. Yeah, so the Bacharach Giants were named after newly elected mayor Harry Bacharach, who won an election in 1916 to become the mayor for the second time in Atlantic City. He was also a mayor briefly in 1912 and then would actually be elected three more times after that, not consecutively. Apparently a pretty important guy in Atlantic City's history, despite being tried for voter fraud in 1914, which there's a long history of that, including our current mayor of Atlantic City was also tried for voter fraud. So it's almost like there's a pattern in Atlantic City politics, right? Uh, let's see. The Atlantic City Review, star of episode 114, you shared the picture of the Atlantic City Review for front page, closed its doors in 1916, only ran for six years, unfortunately, but... There were just a lot of newspapers around then. Yeah. It's like the podcast of the day. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. <laughs> Everyone's going to look back in 50 years and be like, how are there so many podcasts about everything? <laughs> yeah. How are there 36 Vegas podcasts? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> 
So anyway, finally, uh, President Woodrow Wilson at the time, who was before that the governor of New Jersey, gave a speech on September 9th, 1916 at a major women's suffrage convention in Atlantic City. And this convention actually came up a few times in my searching because apparently a bunch of other major things happened there. And it's largely attributed to be a very important factor in women's suffrage becoming legal four years later. Uh, so I don't know. That was cool. Good on Atlantic City. For having convention space. Yes, that is a good thing. <laughs> and surely there would never be a convention in Atlantic City that would tarnish the city in any way. Never. Uh, we'll get to that in, what, 50 episodes? Uh, yeah, and like, it was the 60s, right? The Democratic uh, convention? Yeah. yeah, good times. Uh, 60s or 70s. What about current day news? Since we just said we had to talk so much about state, <laughs> weird state, city government structure, why don't we talk more about it now? It's like old days. We have to keep the people waiting for your trip report. We have to do the news first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was like every episode for the first hundred episodes. <laughs> it was like 45 minutes of news. And then it was like, oh, shit, I guess we need to get in the actual <laughs> stuff we want to talk to in the last 15 minutes. Yes. It's like also, the people it. loved it that every episode was like an hour, 20 minutes instead of like a half hour. <laughs> These are all way too short. Yeah. All right. Go for it. So there has been a petition to change Atlantic City's form of government to a system where you elect the city council, the city elects the city council, and then some governing body hires a city manager who actually handles all the major operations and budgeting and stuff like that. Uh, and then a mayor is just appointed every year from the city council members. So the leader of this movement was Bob McDevitt, who's the head of Local 54, which is the casino union. Uh, they're filed the petition for this with all the signatures that they needed, or so they thought, and that was rejected today by the city clerk's office, saying that uh, several hundred of the signatures were either illegible or from non-voters and thus not eligible. Bob McDevitt said, I'm not surprised that the cartel that runs Atlantic City would choose and try to lawyer, in quotes, the petition, because after all, the lawyers that pull their strings, that's all they know how to do. And he added, we're confident that we're going to overcome it. So I'm sure this will be a long-running battle. Hopefully we will not talk about it for the next seven months for, you know, 60% Very of the Very earnestly, episodes. yeah, like for a half hour every episode. Yeah, but if that's what people want, let us know. You know, if you want us to just really get in there, I don't I don't know what I'd do about that because I'm not going to do that much research and, you know, it's not like we're going to get Bob McDevitt on the show. So, although I did see him once at the Gilchrist at Tropicana. Oh, yeah. At that Gilchrist. I thought all the OG Atlantic City people always go to the uh, Gardner's Basin one. Mm, that's how you know Bob McDevitt, not... Not like a real power player in Atlantic <laughs> City. You heard it here first. That's the scoop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I talked about this a lot from episodes, you know, 3 to 50 or whatever, but I'm always in favor of democratically elected processes no matter what kind of the outcomes are over you know whatever this is trying to be so i'm not going to lose any sleep over this being rejected and also in in the city's defense somewhat you know it, it wasn't just that illegible and non-registered voters which seems like two reasonable reasons to reject signatures but also a bunch of the notaries that signed a bunch of the petitions that they put in were not actual notaries so also a problem i don't know <laughs> interesting like it sounded like some of the problems were reasonably valid but who knows mm -hmm. i'm not gonna really think about it too much either seems like you already have yeah so i think uh that begins and ends our news for this episode uh how, how was your trip it's pretty good 
All right, episode over. All right, uh, cool. So if you want to reach out to us. (laughs) Uh, So we got there around 8.30 on Friday night, which was a little earlier than I was expecting. I thought, you know, we'd go drop off the kids and get there by like nine something if we were lucky. Uh, So we got there at 8.30, check-in was a breeze. I look on my key as I'm going to the elevator and it says 2.48. And I was like, two? Is there even a two in this building? And there is. I mean, it's actually 12. It's one floor above, or two floors, I guess. It's 13 or, oh no, it was 13. Uh, it's two floors above the lobby. Because right above the lobby is the spa, and it's the next one above that. So you're at 1348. Now everything for the trip makes sense, I just realized. We get up there, it's the lowest floor that has rooms. And it had something that I didn't realize was a thing at Ocean, which is a giant cement wall blocking your view of the ocean. So my understanding was that every room at Ocean had a view of the ocean, and now I know that's not true. I mean, you could see, like, the tiniest sliver of, like, way out, miles out in the ocean when it was very clear. But uh, I, I jokingly said on Twitter that I got the only shit view that is available at the ocean. And let me tell you, you got some flack for that. I saw the angry responses for people. People, yes, people definitely tried to convince me that it was actually a fine view. And I will say it would have been a very fine view from the Dennis Tower at Bally's. It was absolutely not a fine view from Ocean. And you can look at my daytime pictures and tell me if that's an okay view. Uh, also, the room looked like it had not been used in, like, months. It was kind of dusty on all the, all the surfaces. The light fixtures were unplugged, which I thought was a little weird. But I thought maybe just, like, the person before me had unplugged them to plug in their, you know, devices or whatever. <laughs> All the devices. Sex devices, not like, you know, phones and stuff. And then, because it's close to the bed, so that's where you need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who plugs in their sex devices? (laughs) It's like large apparatuses. (laughs) So then uh, I go to turn on the TV, and I'm like, the TV doesn't work. It just says, like, no signal. And I had to, like, plug the HDMI back into the TV. And, like, you can't move the TV, so I'm, like, reaching behind it and just, like, hoping against hope that I find the HDMI plug that actually works. For the whatever input it's on, because I couldn't change the input on it. It was just awful. Um, so I called down to just be like, hey, this room is kind of not great. Oh, there was like a big hole in the comforter. <laughs> Weird. Um, so, and and they were like, well, we're at capacity tonight, so I'm sorry. Like, very quickly. We're just like, we're at capacity. We can't move you. And so my wife, who's not looking for a reason to give up like I am, uh, got on the phone and said, well, what about tomorrow? Like, if there is availability tomorrow. Can we move tomorrow? Because we got in late, so like it's sort of believable that it would be all booked up. And they said, no, we're fully capacity the entire weekend. And also, comp rooms are as available. It's like, well, you, just tell me that at the start. Because at this point, you know, of course, I'm on my phone looking up whether I could just go on and book a room paid right now to see if they actually are at capacity. And the answer was, of course you could. It, they were not booked full. It was freaking January 3rd. But I didn't feel like pushing it harder. So I was a little annoyed about that, except I wish they had just said from the start, look, it's comp room. You got the punitive room. You know that you're not a real gambler. So just deal with it. These things always go better in person. That's my experience. If you had walked down to the front desk, they would have fixed it for you. Yeah, maybe. Walked down the one flight of stairs. I really, yeah, I really should have gone down. So I was, I was annoyed about that. And then, you know, that's not the way you want to start your trip. And it's definitely like an entitlement thing. Like if I was in Bally's and I got that room with a view of the tops of the other casinos and the top 30% of the low roller wheel at the steel pier, I would be like, that's fine. Whatever. This is Bally's. But 
I went to Ocean thinking there was a, an Ocean View at every room, and there was not. So we were just like, okay, whatever, let's go get some food, because we hadn't eaten yet at, you know, 9.30 or whatever it was at this point. So we went to Villain and Saint, which was quite good. They had a really good live band, like live cover band. I got a fancy wild mushroom pizza thing that was really, really good. The Korean fried chicken wings were amazing. Uh, my wife got something that she was less impressed with. Oh, mussels. She didn't think they were quite the best mussels she's ever had. But what I got was good, and that's all that matters. I feel like the thing with mussels is that you always get them if you're unsure of the quality of the place, because I feel like they're always pretty consistent. Yeah, I, I mean, they were fine. They just weren't Maybe anything. I'm just not a connoisseur. Also, good beer selection, some interesting cocktails, although my wife's was, like, crazy flavored, which she sh- should have expected, I think, from the description. <laughs> it was, like, some bacon maple whiskey thing. Then we went over to check out 1927 to see what was going on with the burlesque show at the speakeasy portion of that bar. And as we're going in, they hand us tickets for free champagne. And so we're like, okay, I guess we'll drink this crappy free champagne and sit here. And it was an interesting scene, like just quite weird. And I don't really know how to describe it. I mean, so you go in, it's very dark. It's like a club. The clientele that's there is not really like what you'd expect for a club. It's a bunch of people like me and my wife and older all just getting free champagne. It seems like a bunch of people managed to get, like, you know, dozens of these free champagne coupons. I don't think I ever saw the bartender pour anything that was not the free champagne. (laughs) But the burlesque show, as far as I could tell, was just, like, I don't know, five or six scantily clad dancers sort of standing around in different areas, including one who was just, like, totally grinding on patrons. So if that's what you're into, that was available, I guess. You could go to that. It's good to know. There's like a big catwalk above the area. So there are a couple mm-hmm. on that. And then there was like a woman on sort of a stage. So I thought, it, you know, based on pictures, I thought it was like a stage show choreographed. Like, nah, it's like go-go dancers, but burlesque and like right in your face. So that was interesting to see, but I didn't really need to spend a whole lot of time there. My brother Paul said the drinks there are good, but we had the free champagne. And then after that point, we were very, very tired and just decided to go call it a night. So I... Did not end up covered in toasted coconut crumbs, at least Yet. that night. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then Saturday, woke up, went to Harper's at Ocean for breakfast. My, I got this, I forget what it was called, Bananas Foster Cube, <laughs> which uh, sounds completely ridiculous. It really is a cube of French toast filled with some sort of banana bread whipped cream filling. And it was, like, really, really good at first. And then it was like, okay, this is a lot. Like, this is too much and very rich. That's that's kind of how, when I listened to The 7-Out, that's how everything there sounded yeah. to me. Like, I could never eat that. Yeah, and my wife got uh, a salmon Benedict on, like, a giant potato waffle. Which was also another thing. There was, like, you eat, take the first bite of that potato waffle, and you're like, wow, that's so interesting and different. And then the third bite, you're like, oh, that's a little much. It's a lot of waffle that I still have to get through. potato-dense potato-ness. But the salmon was very good. The egg was very good. So I would go again. I mean, it was like quick, easy, in and out. The service was fine. I feel like a lot of the knocks are on the service. I might just go get something more standard, like a you know breakfast burrito or regular pancakes or something. <laughs> I mean, for a breakfast option, it's fine. It's no Gilchrist, but it was good. Then we went to the spa. My wife got a massage, and I just hung out. I did the jacuzzi. After on Twitter, I was getting much encouragement to go to the coos to do the man soup, <laughs> as Vinny Chen says from Seven Out. Uh, so went in the jacuzzi, went to the dry sauna, tried the steam room. The dry sauna I thought was very interesting. The thermometer only went up to one one twenty, and it was like pegged 
way past that. It was extremely yeah. hot in there. If if you were like slightly hungover, I feel like that would be a really good thing to do. If you're really hungover, I think you just walk in and throw up immediately. <laughs> I, would, I would not recommend that if you're very hungover. But I think if you're just like, oh, uh, you know, I feel a little bit. <laughs> oh, God. Feel Probably just throw up on the rocks. Yeah, and then they have to like <laughs> evacuate. What? Wow. We come up with some weird stuff. <laughs> the spa was like very crowded. That would be terrible. Like, we couldn't get seats in the actual, like, main pool area because they were always full. Uh, we did sit in the Himalayan salt room where the bricks are made of Himalayan salt for a while. I sat there while my wife was getting a massage and read a book. It's very relaxing. We ended up at the spa, I think, from the time we checked in to the time we left. It was like three hours and 45 minutes. So it was a lot of spa time. I know that that's what you want to do, and I'm sure you have many, many questions. So I will pause I now so you can ask all of the questions that you have about the spa. Like, which treatment would you get, Kyle? How many hours would you spend at the spa? <laughs> I'm surprised that three hours and 45 minutes was enough. <laughs> uh, I did sort of leave thinking, like, I would be very interested to see the other spas at other casinos. Because the one at Ocean is extremely nice. Like, just the effort that they put in to do all this stuff. To, like, tile everything and put in a dry sauna and a steam room and various pools and multiple jacuzzis and all that stuff and like oh one thing i did is i watched the maryland game I sat there drinking tea and watched maryland basketball in a robe yeah so that yeah, was good man. as they dominated indiana yeah uh Crushed so that's the thing you can do you can just sit and drink a bunch of tea i had to pee a lot the rest of the day very hydrated just a good way <laughs> good way to go into your you know long night in atlantic city but yeah i'd be interested in checking out other spas in atlantic city and and sort of my thought going in was like, oh, it's 55 bucks just for the day pass. It seems really unlikely that, you know, if you're going to go for just an hour and a half or something that it's worth that. But really, you know, in terms of cost of other stuff, and now that I've been and seen it, it seems pretty reasonable. Like, I know Paul went just for a little bit one morning when you were there and I hadn't gotten we there, there yet. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, I could see myself doing that. I probably won't because I'm indecisive, but, you know, it seems like a good idea. Yeah, that requires too much of making a firm decision for you. Yeah, I'd probably just sit in the bedroom paralyzed with indecision right. and, and not do anything. You just like walk back and forth in front of the spa. <laughs> yeah. Should I go in? Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. It's unfortunate how many times I've done that at things like bars and stuff. <laughs> uh, anyways, then we went to the Distrito Happy Hour, which is 1 to 5 p.m. every day. $2 tacos. $2 margaritas. You have to have an ocean card, they say. They didn't check anyone's ocean card. That's a good deal. Very popular. Lots of people taking advantage of the $2 margaritas and tacos. Uh, it was a good little appetizer before we went to dinner at 2825. So that was really one of the things I was most looking forward to was Cafe 2825. Definitely an experience in terms of just what you think of as sort of an old school Atlantic City Italian restaurant. Not that it's all that old, but like lots of table side options, table side prepared options. Uh, we got table side prepared mozzarella, which was very interesting to see. They actually like put together the mozzarella from the base cheese curd and it's quite delicious. And then we each got an entree. My wife's chicken parm was extremely, extremely good. It was, they didn't call it chicken parm. <laughs> it was like some fancy name, but you'll know it when you see the description as chicken parm. But that was extremely good. I got a special, like a pasta special thing that I thought was like fine. Like this, yeah, it's Italian food. But, I, you know, I wasn't like blown away by the entrees, but I did think me not being blown away was more based on just like it being Italian food, which I feel like you can relate to. <laughs> I thought you liked Italian food, though. 
I was sort of thinking afterwards, maybe I should just go to Angelo's Fairmont Tavern because... Yes. What I think about Italian food, like, I don't really need fancy Italian food to be impressed. Like, half the menu's veal, right? And I like that's, I don't particularly love the texture of veal. And so I feel like I'm, I can't give a full review necessarily because veal is certainly the specialty, just like it is at Chef Ola. But it was very good, and it's definitely worth checking out if you can get a reservation. It's a very wishy-washy review of the 2825, but... It is. It's a very Craig review. The thing that I actually weirdly was, like, really craving today is they give you this bread at the start like they give you normal bread and then they give you this bread with some sort of pig meat inside it like some sort of ham which i shouldn't have eaten but i did and it's like very it's i wouldn't say dense but it's like a really heavy bread and just the sort of like saltiness of that whatever i want to call it ham but it's you know that's probably it's probably got it's some like fancy prosciutto name. or something right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was really 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 good and, and today for some reason like i was going to, out to get lunch and i was like you know what i really want for lunch is that freaking bread just like a big loaf of that bread <laughs> uh, it was very heavy like you could eat honestly it's, just eat it as a meal it's like the start you know yeah in like two months you'll be like in some dark alley just like eating this pork bread and crying and yeah. <sighs> so then we we went back after twenty eight twenty five. It was fairly early, and we were both really really tired. So my wife actually ended up like falling asleep very early <laughs> that night, which I felt a little bad about because like you know we don't get that many nights away from the kid like from the kids. I had multiple <laughs> kids. Uh, do you you know do you feel like you're missing out? And she was like, No, what I want is to relax and sleep. So then I said okay and went down and played a bunch of slots, including skee ball. And I have to say, my thought that I might lose $20 in three minutes and say, I always hated this game, it sucks. Pretty close to accurate. <laughs> I mean, my money lasted a decent amount of time, so I, I'll still give Skee-Ball You cannot credit. possibly lose $20 in three minutes at any slot. I've seen you play slots. <laughs> uh, so I played for a while, and I did end up pumping like $60 into the machine. And I only got one Skee-Ball bonus. And the thing I remember about Skee-Ball is getting Skee-Ball bonuses like pretty regularly. Like you'd get to play Skee-Ball a decent amount. And I got one skee-ball bonus, and I was already down like 55 bucks, and I, the bonus paid 80 cents. 80 <laughs> cents. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I laughed out loud when I when it popped up as 80 cents. Well, you should have pick, picked a better prize, man. Yeah, the other one of the other prize options was like $12. It's like, wow, 80 cents. Did you get for playing, what was it, 40 cents to spend? Yeah, 40 cents, 50, I think. Tisk tisk. So, moved on from skee-ball to a couple other things, a few of the ones I mentioned last episode uh played locket link piggy banking which was very fun i can see the appeal of the locket link and just the sort of interesting bonus games the sort of like locket bonus games where if you get a bunch of the same symbol it creates a giant symbol and the bigger the symbol the better your bonus will be so that was definitely interesting and different i would play that more uh went over to heidi's beer house which i played multiple times and never gotten the bonus on and like almost immediately got a couple bonuses for like 20 plus dollars 40 plus dollars, I think, the second one. Uh, and the, you know, I can see why people really, really like it and just sit there playing it. The, the person on the other machine across from me was playing it like all night. So I can see why people would get into it. I think I liked Piggy Bank and Locket Link better. I think that's more my style. They're both very fun. So good to have two new slots. Probably both of them better than like any slot that I listed on my top five. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like actual fun level i played jurassic park which looked interesting and i could see that the bonus was very interesting but i didn't actually get any of the bonuses so that sucked so yeah i mean i was i sort of achieved my goal of trying out a bunch of different slots i did try zeus unleashed and i don't even remember some other stuff 
did try to, tr- to do a bunch of different slots. So that was fun. And then I said, okay, that's enough slots. It's time to do what I really came to do, which is video poker. Because at that point, I had been in Atlantic City for like over 24 hours. I hadn't even put a quarter into a video poker machine, which is how I play one quarter at a time. So I went to the 1927 video poker bar and sat down there because the sportsbook bar had no tables open. And my complaints about the sportsbook bar from last time I went to Ocean were immediately re- reiterated by just absolutely tons of smoke there. Uh, it was during the Patriots-Titans game, so just everybody was there watching Patriots-Titans. Lots of people sitting at machines and not playing, which, you know, whatever. If the casino doesn't care, I don't care. But there were plenty of seats open at 1927. I sat there. The oons was very, very loud, I will say, but the music was fine. The video poker was 8.5, which is pretty reasonable, I think, for a video poker bar. It's the same as Hard Rock Center Bar. Not B-Bar. Yeah, not, would not be good for B-Bar, but same sort of weak drink selection that the sportsbook bar has. You know, Coors Light, Miller Light, so you're satisfied. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all I need. <laughs> a few other things, Yingling and a couple other, a couple other beers. I got a couple Jim Beams that were comped, so that's, I mean, Jim Beam, whatever, I'm fine with that. And then sat there, I don't know, for probably... An hour and a half or more, just playing video poker, mostly stayed around even, and then ended up sort of having a dry spell and ended up down like 50 bucks. But, you know, for that long, playing video poker was fine. And at that point, it's like 1.30 in the morning, so I must have been there for even longer than that. So then at 1.30 in the morning, I was like, I, didn't, I never played Buffalo Gold Collection, which I had so much fun at last time. So I ran over to Buffalo Gold Collection, quickly put some money in, lost it very fast. I think I may have actually lost 20 bucks in three minutes, which you said was impossible. I don't think, I don't believe you. Got up, made a note on my phone that said, should have gone to bed at 1.30 instead of Buffalo Gold Collection. <laughs> and that was before I walked by an empty craps table, empty $15 craps table. Ah, oh, so good. Love me some empty craps tables. So there was a $10 craps table right next to it with a spot open, but it was like really, really full. And I was like, I didn't really want to deal with like no. elbowing in. You made the right choice. So I go up to the $15 craps table and say, okay, let's see how this goes. I think I made one point. And then had like three or four where I just sevened out very quickly. I did hit, you know, sixes and eights a few times for small payouts. But I think in just like 15 minutes, I was down a hundred bucks. And I was like, okay, now it's 215. A hundred bucks? Yeah, oh, so man. that wasn't too bad. That's that's fine. Bad for a very short amount of time considering the percentage of my loss that that made up for the trip. Come on, come on, man. <laughs> I know, that's nothing to you, right? It's meaningless. So the way I justified it to myself was like, I would have been disappointed if I left the trip and didn't play craps. So I just paid a hundred bucks to not be disappointed from a trip. And then I went to Wahlburgers, which was still open. So, you know, one of the big complaints yeah. about Ocean, not, not a lot of stuff open late at night. Show, showed us up for calling a, a small town yeah. last episode. Uh, Wahlburgers still open. You know, Rocco's was still open. I decided to go for the... Wahlburgers got what they call a frap, which is basically like a thinner milkshake, which is a little weird. It was not amazing, and it was like $8 and change for like a sort of, I don't know, I guess you'd call it like a medium-sized milkshake. <laughs> like, it was not very big. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend going there for just that, but I've heard the burgers are good, and they looked good, and a lot of people seemed very satisfied with their burgers. They didn't really need a burger after having a bunch of, you know, chicken parmesan and pasta and mozzarella and other stuff. So that was my Saturday. Again, not horribly drunk and no donut crumbs, just a black and white frap. So because from you Wahlburgers. were just blackout drunk, your milkshake sat better with you than the gelato from last time. That's true. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no problems like that. Really? I mean, I should look at this entire trip as a giant win from that perspective. So then Sunday, woke up, checked out, decided 
to skip breakfast, basically. Well, decided to go get a coffee at the outlets, at the Starbucks at the outlets, and then ended up not getting there until like 11.45 because we ended up stopping in so many shops on the way there because you know how we do the outlets. Indeed. Big time. My wife got a very nice bag from the Kate Spade on a huge discount. 70% off, then another 30% off. It's pretty good. It's like 80% off? Yeah, I don't know what the actual math on that is. Something like just, that, right? Just about. Yeah. 81. Um, 81 or 79. 79. We God. have to get this right for the people. You are correct. Went to Starbucks <laughs> and then decided we need lunch before we hit the road. And you had a celebration dinner. Yeah, I did have a celebration dinner. And I did park at the Caesars for free with my diamond card. Indeed. So we went to Kwai. Yeah, good job. And had a $98 lunch. I'm impressed. I'm I'm super impressed with you, Craig. <laughs> and brought probably 60% of our lunch home and gave it to my mother-in-law, who was very appreciative of having a bunch of Chinese food to eat that night. I, I approve. Uh, so, yeah, used my celebration dinner. Did not go to waste. Uh, Kwai, very good, as always. Got my favorite, the mandarin orange beef. Highly recommended, the mandarin orange beef. I love that the orange beef is your favorite at the uh, noodle bar. <laughs> the whitest man alive. <laughs> chicken lo mein. No, I didn't get chicken lo mein. Can I have some General Chow's chicken? <laughs> yeah, yeah. General think, So's. <laughs> I don't think they even have that, otherwise I would have. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was very good. I mean, it did seem like not that much food for 98 bucks, but it didn't matter because I had... $100. $100. Did I tell you when I went to the uh, the GDL... That I spent one hundred dollars on the nose. That's amazing. So here's my. I didn't question. even wasn't even trying. It just that's how it happened. And I was like, I'm the greatest. So I, we I just said like, let's just order a bunch of stuff because we're not going to hit a hundred. And then they brought out the receipt, and she was like, it's ninety four dollars. You can get you can either get a diet Pepsi bottle to go, or a mango yogurt or something. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just take a diet Pepsi for the car. And so mm-hmm. I did that, and it so that made it ninety eight dollars. Uh, so I appreciate her telling me and being like, hey, you still got money on this thing. Uh, but yeah, free lunch. Glad I used it. Hopefully I'll be Diamond again next year via matching from Diamond to Wyndham back to Diamond, which doesn't make any sense, but it's what it's, I did this year too. This is how the world works, man. Apparently you don't actually need to gamble to get any of these statuses as I have learned. And that was the trip. Then we drove home, back to the real world, back to kids who needed a lot of sleep Back to not having a trip on the books, which is very sad, and we need to rectify. Oh, actually, right before we left, as I was in the bathroom to pee <laughs> one does. for the long ride home, my wife put five bucks into a slot machine, was down to like her last spin, and hit a bonus and made it up to $15. And she was very excited about that $10 profit. Very excited. So now she is addicted to gambling. <laughs> You come home, she's just playing slots on her phone every night. The funny thing is she would have been, like, legitimately annoyed if she lost that $5. But now she just loves it. If she puts 20 bucks into a slot machine and she loses that 20 bucks, it's, like, really annoying. So she is not cut out for gambling. Even more than I am not cut out for gambling. And that is that trip over. Good. Any questions, thoughts, anger at things that I forgot to do? Not really. It's not how I would have spent my time, but to each of their own. I'm I'm happy you enjoyed yourself. I spent a lot of time just sort of like hanging out in one place, you know, the spa, the mm-hmm. video poker bar. The outlets. The outlets, if you count that as one place, which it kind of is. You went to two casinos, though. The overs took it. 
Uh, yes, I did barely get in a second casino, which was surprising. I didn't think that was going to happen. And Andrea just fleeced them. She did. I, Caesars this month. I mean, when we get that January data, <laughs> it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. You know, I got the punitive room at Ocean for for getting two comp nights after I had already said I would pay for a night. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get the punitive rates. We'll see. I mean, obviously, that crap session isn't going to get me any ADT, but... I did earn more comp dollars than my previous trip, so I don't know. But it was a two-night trip. How many comp dollars did you earn? I feel like comp dollars... Five or something? The comp dollar accrual is so slow there. Oh, really? I think it's pretty fast at Ocean. At Tables, maybe. I I accrue comps like ten times as fast at Hard Rock as I do. Hmm. It's probably about the same as Caesars, which I also find slow. Other people have spreadsheets of this, Kyle. Spreadsheets on spreadsheets. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, it's, it's important for the people who care more about their return than, than me and you. I think. What I care about is seeing if I can still get a weekday room there. It's all I care. Uh, about. I'm sure you'll get re- weekdays. I mean, it's the middle of the winter. But then again, I guess you never got weekdays before, which was strange. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing that I did leave thinking was like for a trip with my wife, Ocean or Borgata. For a trip just for me, probably still would prefer Hard Rock. Yeah, it's probably... I mean, I guess from the casino's point of view, your ADT is probably pretty abysmal, so... Oh, yeah. I guess it, it makes some sense not to just give you a room. Nah. I mean, I do play more... Sl- I have played a lot more slots the last two trips, so I don't yeah, know you, if Ocean you have started playing a lot more that. slots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Well... Anyway, if you want to reach out to us or any of our other listeners, you can do so at our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Find all of our wonderful content at do for a win.com. Find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify, and not YouTube. Reach out to Craig on Twitter at do for a win or me at Kyle Laskin. Send Craig questions to do for a win at gmail.com and buy one of our shirts. You can find them at do for a win.com. We are selling them at cost because we're nice guys and that was always our plan and we still have a lot. The real question, Craig, is if if people just hold out and do not buy shirts, will we ever just put them on sale? On sale? To sell them below cost. What's in it for us? Get them out of your basement? I mean, money. What we paid for them is a sunk cost at this point, right? I'm editing this out of the podcast. <laughs> we can't give the people ideas. All the people that are just like really want a shirt, but they're like, if we wait, yeah, we'll be able to get that. Maybe, episode, maybe episode, there will be an episode 200 sale. Uh-huh. <laughs> In three but years. for our Series 2 shirts, I'm sure, right? Yes, clearly. Yes. We have to make room for the inventory. So, Craig, here's the real question. When are we going to Atlantic City? I heard a rumor that you had five open days on your calendar in February. <laughs> yeah, my wife has a five-day weekend. So uh-huh. does my daughter. My daughter has a four-day weekend that weekend. So uh-huh. clearly she would be totally fine with me just saying, mm, I'm taking a day off too. But not to hang out with you and help parent, to go down the old Garden State Parkway and go to Atlantic City. Yep. Go over real well, I'm sure. Okay. I'll see you, like, Friday at President's Day weekend. Yeah, sounds good. It's certainly a cheap night, too. Yeah. I'll get comped. I'll be able to get you a room, too. It'll be fine. Oh, that's also Valentine's Day. Yeah, Friday. Good, good job. <laughs> did you know that when you said Friday of President's Day weekend? I did not. It's perfect. I suspect it would be more of an issue in your household than mine. But I think we should just pitch it and see what happens. Uh, really, what I'm disappointed in is that you used your celebration dinner, so you can't just come and, and I'll tell you to take the Amtrak down and buy me dinner at the horse show. <laughs> yeah, spend $275 on the Amtrak so I can get a $100 dinner. Yeah, with me. And then go immediately home afterwards. <laughs>
It's like, okay, ship your ass back home. Yeah. Uh, I got my $50 of Giada. Well, anyway, we will talk to you all in a couple weeks, and hopefully we'll be going to Atlantic City at some point. Probably not. Yeah, I doubt it. There are a lot of, like, old-timey shit video poker bars in Vegas, and not enough of them in Atlantic City. Give me back the Dizzy Dolphin. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Surely the company that is selling off piece by piece, the Atlantic Club, will let us open Do For A Win's Dizzy Dolphin as a standalone property. And then we can use the attached giant theater to host the live episodes of our podcast indeed in fact i think we should go to only live episodes